Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it's beautiful. I think um, we think about it's so good to know that when God sees us, He sees the good in us. One of the things that we don't uh, maybe talk about enough is in the, in the Scripture, a lot of Paul's letters, he says to the saints, he writes the church to the saints, and it's, it's for everybody. And if you, if you grew up in um, certain, maybe, maybe like Catholic or other ones, uh, not, not casting aspersions, I'm just explaining, um, certain people were saints because they did this and they did this and they did this. But what Paul writes is that you're all saints. And how many know sometimes you don't do saintly things or you don't feel saintly? But, but what God does is he sees the beauty in you on the inside. And how many are grateful for that, for the mistakes you've made, the whatever? I mean, the, and so what I want to talk about today is I, I've, I've, I'll finish a little bit of what I didn't get to last week is how we can see more the way God sees. And we're grateful that God, when God sees us, he doesn't see just our failures and our faults, but God sees the soul. God sees the inside. And then what we learn is really what all spiritual growth and spiritual maturity is just learning to see better. I mean, if you could boil it all down, I've been, I've been going through over and over and over again the Sermon on the Mount. And the more I keep reading it, as I, as I mentioned, uh, one of, the great, one of the great ideas that I've, that's made the most sense to me about why we have the four different Gospels is that they were written, especially the first three, were written to be read in a synagogue alongside the Old Testament. So when the, what we call the Old Testament was read, like the, the, um, the giving of the law, which we just did in Exodus for months, then in a, in a part of the service when that was read, then the Sermon on the Mount would be read, sort of like Jesus' version of it. So that's why it's the Mount. And he keeps saying, you've heard it said, but I say to you. In other words, this is the way the law has been talked about, but I'm telling you this. So the Sermon on the Mount is sort of a core document, if you would. It's a core teaching to the Christian faith. And what I see is that it's mostly about seeing. Go back and look, and it says, you look, and you see, and you see, and you look. Matthew 7, do not judge, or you too will be judged. Now, first, let's just start with the obvious. We like to throw that line out when other people are judging us. Don't we? Don't judge, man. Don't judge me. You know, don't judge me. It's a great one-liner when someone's judging you. You just call it, this is Jesus. Don't judge. And we want people to not judge us. Fair enough to a point. But I think what we also have to say is, at what point am I judging other people? And how do we judge other people? So let's be honest, just to get ourselves going here, we all judge all day long. I'll go over here. Yeah, this is a friendlier side. We all judge all day long. That's just, that's just what we do. 
You look at somebody, you look at how they're dressed, you look at how they drive, what an idiot. I mean, you watch some people drive and you just conclude, idiot. <laughs> idiot. I mean, just, I mean, some people do. I've heard other people say that. But you, 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 you judge all day long. That's what you do. Um, Charlie, you know, started early with the, you know, the Sesame Street. Which one of these is not like the other? Which one just doesn't belong, right? Separate. And then in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you know, I tell you not to hate your enemy, but to what? Love them. But what, what exactly is an enemy? Well, what our mind does is we separate. These people are good. These people are bad. These are enemies. These are teammates. All of this, it might be fine for a toddler. I mean, I don't know how you do it. You, you try to help your toddler, like, stay away from scary people. But how many know sometimes scary people wear makeup and they're beautiful? But you, 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 there's, no, there's no right mechanism, but we're always judging. And, and what we do is we judge on the most surface levels first. It's just what we do. That's human nature. In fact, uh, even the prophet Samuel did this. When God, he, God sent him uh, to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king, and Jesse brought in all of his sons, you know, the, the, all of his good-looking sons, and, and the prophet comes to the house, and he says, uh, okay, I'm going to wait till God tells me which one. And uh, then he gets to one of them who's particularly tall and, and you know, handsome. First Samuel, it says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his what? Height. For I have, he's not the guy. He's not the king. Then he goes on to teach us something that we all should just cement in our soul. Ready? The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. What do we look at when we see people? Surface, the shallow stuff. You say, oh, no, Chris, I'm a deep person. I, I look at the stuff that they believe. And they, okay, you might be, if, if, if the human's an onion, you might be two layers in. No, I think that's what we do. I think we think, oh, no, I judge them based on their beliefs. or I judge them based on their actions. Okay, you're three layers in. Anybody here ever make an excuse for your kid? Why? Because they were tired. Oh, he's tired. Didn't get a nap. You know what I mean? And everybody else was like, okay, it's the nap thing again. Oh, he's cranky. He didn't eat or whatever. We make excuses, right? Or if you're the mom, you really know that they are, and that's very true. But what we do is we, we know that even behavior, has its, it's connected to something. And so you have to go down another layer. You have to go down another layer. And the only layer that you, you actually can get to is, is the real substance is soul. And what Jesus could do is he could look at someone and he could see the soul. That's why it's possible to love your enemy. It's possible to love your enemy. Because you can see past every layer. Even the ones that are spewing at you, you can see right past them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
Remember Jesus standing before Pilate? You remember this? Pilate saying, don't you know I have the authority to throw you, to, to kill you, to take your life? Or... Jesus could see right through all that. He could see right through it. You know when we're at our worst is when we're looking at the surface. It's just a layer down and a layer down and a layer down. So what, what I'd like to do is just talk about how we could see better in a spiritual sense. We start here. It's because it's the only place we know where to start. It's just true. We start by looking at people on the outside. The shallowest would be the color of their skin or the kind of hair that they have or how tall they are or how short they are. Oftentimes when I meet people I haven't seen, they're newer to the church, and I'll come and meet them in the back, and, the, and I get up to them, and they're like, oh, you looked a lot taller on the stage. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's two feet tall. <laughs> right? I love you too is what I tell them. I love you too. We judge how we do. We look at people, and we think, oh, boy, that person, this. We have all these things that roll through our head how they dress. But what Jesus could always do is he could always see past everything external, even behavior. Do you remember when he goes to the, the town of Zacchaeus um, and he, he's walking to this town and, and Zacchaeus is short and he wants to see Jesus so he goes and he climbs up a tree. And Zacchaeus was known for ripping people off. He was a classic con man. Jesus comes walking through town, and Zacchaeus is up in this tree because he wanted to see Jesus. I want to see him. And perhaps he wanted to be seen as well. And Jesus sees him in the tree, and he goes, I'm, I'd like to have dinner at your house. Can you imagine all the good synagogue-going Jews? Huh? He's going to Bernie Madoff's house for dinner. I mean, can you imagine the meetings that they're having across town? What a loser. I knew he was a scam. Oh, don't tell me you wouldn't be at that meeting. Just go, nah, nah. Right? Because Zacchaeus ripped you off. Hello? Zacchaeus took your money. Sometimes we like Jesus and sometimes we don't. Oh, as they say, and some, I'm preaching now. Sometimes, thank you, Juanita. Sometimes we like Jesus, and sometimes we don't, right? And, and when he gets into our business, well, what are you doing at this guy's house? Well, what do you mean? Well, he's this, and he's this, and he's this, and he did this, and he took this money from my mom. He took her pension. He took her paycheck. How do you heal a person like Zacchaeus? That's a good question. How do you heal anybody? Somehow the first thing you have to do is you have to see them. See way down inside of them. You have to see their soul. Let me ask you another question. Do you in some ways feel like you're the same little kid that you were when you were 14? The, the, the soul in there? 
Our society is so enamored with the shallow. It's stunning to me. And all this warfare of language that's going on, it is completely, can I just say, be honest, surface. Just look deeper. Look deeper than the outside. <laughs> uh, uh, the other day I was, I was out doing some chores, just cutting a tree down, and took Charlie for some good old-fashioned child labor. Like, You're going to drag the branches from the back of the house to the street where they pick them up. So, I, you know, me and my big ideas, I thought I would teach her some stuff. But uh, she took two twigs out there, and then she was just playing in the mud. When we were done, some kids came by because they had a chipper, and they were throwing the branches in the chipper. And the boys in the neighborhood, they love, the, they love loud, rah, aggressive things. And so the boys all ride their bikes up there. And I just happened to bring Charlie's new bike in case she got bored and she could ride it. And she, dad, dad, just in a full-on panic. I mean, these are like six, seven, eight, nine-year-old boys, you know. Get my bike out, get my bike out. It's like, I, I got to get in the gang. <laughs> just in full-on panic. I'm okay, okay. So I get it out. By the time I get it out, they're already down the block, and she's just, she's just learning how to pedal that thing, and she's pedaling as fast. Dad, where'd they go? Where'd they go? And we finally, we catch up to them. And I'm trying to break it to her softly, like nine-year-old boys want nothing to do with four-year-old girls. <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to tell her this? You know, this is not going to go good. I'm just trying to, and I mean, by the grace of God, oh, I could, could have been happier, because she was, we got to their house where they were, I don't have any idea who these people are, and she starts turning up the driveway, like going right in, <laughs> as kids do, right? Like, uh, here I am, your best friend. Thank God she can't pedal up a steep driveway, even a small incline, to be honest with you. The little legs wouldn't do it, and she got stuck. And this mom comes around the corner, and I'm like, ah, uh, think fast. Uh, Charlie wanted to tell the boys how much she liked their bikes. You know, I'm making stuff up. And, uh, and around the corner comes a little girl, just her size. And I'm like, yes, thank you, God. So the girl comes down the driveway wearing, of course, all pink. Charlie's bike is pink. And they just have a pink fest. <laughs> you know, as the little four-year-old girls do. And, and uh, the girl starts saying, my favorite color is pink. And Charlie goes, well, mine's pink. And, but I also like blue because my dad likes blue. And uh, then the girl goes, well, I like pink. And then, and then the girl just randomly threw out there, I'm getting my ears pierced in three days. Like, it's like one-upmanship here, you know? Don't worry. Charlie didn't miss a beat. Here is her reply. She goes, yeah, I had an ear infection, and I got... Huh? I'll see your ear piercing, and I'll raise you an ear infection. True story. I wish, honest to God, I wish I had a video camera on my head. Like, and I got to drink pink medicine. That's right, that's right. You know what just occurred to me? It's like, here they are at the youngest age. What? It's a shallow fest. You know what I mean? You got this pink, I got this pink. You have pink earrings, I had an ear infection. You... 
And of course, it's good and it's cute when you're four, but boy, it's disgusting when you're 40. It really is. You know. One of the problems, too, is if you look at the surface and the shallow, then what, one of the things is then you want to fix people. Anybody here want to fix somebody? A few people? Are they sitting really close to you? Is anybody? I got it. No, 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 no. Don't put it up. Don't put it up. Uh, so Jesus tells a story about us fixing people because what, what we do is we try to fix the outside. God always fixes the inside. So you know when he saw, when he saw Zacchaeus in the tree and he said, I'm coming to your house, he, Zacchaeus was shocked. I mean, he must, you can't imagine the burning love. Jesus' eyes staring into yours having soup. Whatever Zacchaeus was of a crooked person, it melted him. It melted him. And he said, sir, whatever I've taken, I'll give it back four times. This changes, and then what? This changes. What changes first? So a lot of times what happens with us religious people, moral people, all that, is we try to change people on the what? Outside. Jesus taught about this. He said, you know, think about this. Like a farmer goes to plant a field, puts all of his seed in the ground. He's very happy, goes to sleep at night. But then some enemies come while he's sleeping, and they put a bunch of weeds in his field. Nasty thing to do. And when doesn't know, but when it starts to grow up, there's, there's the good crop that he planted, but then there's all these weeds that the enemy planted. And what, what do you do? Do you go and tear up all the weeds? Jesus goes, no. If you do that, you'll ruin the good stuff. You let it go, and you separate it later. Boy, if you could learn that lesson in life, let it go and separate it later. You don't know how to pull it out now. Every evil person, every negative thing you find, you pull out, you show people, look at this. Just start destroying what is good. God will separate everything. Don't worry about that. God's pretty good at that. Jesus goes on in the sermon and he goes, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And like, I don't know how sawdust worked back in Jesus' day. We do have this idea that he was some form of a carpenter, maybe a thing he might have been really familiar with. All of a sudden, you got a thing. Isn't that irritating? Oh, man. It's like, uh. He goes, you, you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, but you got all boards sticking out of yours. Can you, can you imagine you got like a two-by-four sticking out of your eye? And you're trying to help a guy with a speck. But I think that's so true. We're so unaware of our own. How about this? I got my own stuff to worry about. <laughs> I got my own imperfections. I got my own wrong attitudes. I got my own... 
When we go around trying to fix everybody on the outside, we just do more damage. Seeing. It's always about seeing. And I think we, we really applaud ourselves because we think, oh, well, I don't, I don't look at skin color anymore. I don't look at, but all we do is we just, we're just down one more layer. And the only way, I think, to truly heal our world has to be tied to what Jesus was teaching. To have he, true healing is you have to look all the way down. And that's going to take some work. Do you know what they called them in the Old Testament? They called them seers. That's what Samuel was, actually. He was a seer. Because everybody recognized that they saw differently. I pray you've had someone like that in your life. You know, a grandma, an auntie, somebody that could see your soul, see all the way through your mistakes. I think I shared this story in the past, so forgive me because, I mean, if you do this for 20 years, some of you have already heard them three times, fair enough. But I remember I remember being in college having a really bad year. A bad year is in, in, in Bible school is not academics or this or that. A bad year is just, I don't know how to describe it, apathy. And it wasn't like me, but as it was how I was acting. Anybody here ever act bad? <laughs> like you're like, that's not me, but I, I, I don't care. I don't and I had different people approach me about trying to fix me. I could tell they were trying to fix me on the outside. You, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. You know, kind of coming at me in different ways. But we're pretty good when we're in a funk, just putting our defenses up. Thank you. Oh, you're acting so smug today. You're killing me. When you're in a funk, you're pretty good at your defenses. It's like, oh, no, thank you. And then this one professor came to me. And he goes, because they must have been talking about me, because I think he used the word us or we. I think, I think what we're trying to say is that we care about you. He had me. Just went through all the defenses. Now my heart opened up. You, the way you change people is you have to go to the inside. You have to see all the way to the end. And I'm not saying that there aren't places for timeouts and this and that. And by the way, we talk about loving our enemies. That does not mean continue to let yourself be abused by them. I'm not getting any kind of weird stuff. But here's what I'm saying. The way that we're going to go about changing things is we have to see differently. We have to soundly reject what's being pushed on us by our society, which is to stay on the surface. Even if they pride themselves on being one or two layers in. That's not the tradition of Jesus. The tradition of Jesus is all the way down to the soul. The tradition of Jesus is, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for dinner. 
What do you think Jesus did when he got to dinner? Just humor me. What do you think he did? Got the Bible out? Zacchaeus, huh? Can you read this for me? About stealing from your neighbor? I mean, you could have. I don't think they talked about any of that. So when did your dad walk out? What did that feel like? More my Jesus than this one. But you can have whatever Jesus you want. Something got to him. Something got to Zacchaeus that nothing else could that changed him. Maybe, maybe that's what Jesus does. And maybe that's what he wants us to do. Um, first, he says, take the plank out of your own eye. So what's the, what's the beginning of all healing in our world? What's the first thing you do? Work on yourself. Just work on yourself. But you know what happens if you focus on the other, the other, their fault, their wrong, their thing? You, you, you don't have to think about your own faults. It feels good. Let's focus on yours. That will free me from focusing on what? Me. And you will become, you focus on everyone else's faults. Listen very carefully. You will become a bitter angry, resentful person. You will become a nasty person. It's a guarantee. Look here, because it isn't that hard to find them. It's just not rocket science. So you just live with this reality. We're all complicated. Anybody here complicated? Sometimes you don't even know your own heart, it says in the scripture. So I'm going to close, but I want to say two things. This is all like a precursor to our tribe series because we have to, we have to deep down, Jesus said, love your neighbor, the, the great commandment that he took, love your neighbor as yourself. You'll see to the soul, and then what you will see in the deepest part, when you look way down, you'll see yourself. That's what you'll see. When you can see there, then you can love. And you can love anybody or anything, no matter what the package is on the outside. No matter how hard you've been trained to not love that person, Jesus will free you to love them. And it'll bubble up. It won't be forced. It'll be a free-flowing love. And I hope you will... Mark your calendars down in, in the month of October. We're going to do this whole series. Hope you'll be here. Hope you'll join a group. 
Hope you help me host a group if, if you feel inclined. Because at the end of the day, we're just one big family. That's what we are. Huh? That's all we are. We're just one big family. Let's stand. Pastor Bright's going to come and close in prayer for us today. Thank you, Pastor Bright. Hmm? My brother from another. Church family, what a privilege we have that we can pray together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. As humans, we are so prone to prejudice, so we judge other people. But you are giving us a whole new way, oh God, of looking at each other. That we look at each other with the way you look at us. You don't look out at the outside, but you look at inside. You look at the heart. You look at the soul. You value the soul. And so, God, this morning we come to you, admitting, God, that we have had our own prejudices. Yes, prejudices that may, some of them may be racial, some may be tribal, some of them may be, you know, purely, purely bordering on, you know, our level of pride. We pray, God, the Lord, as we come before your holy presence in this morning, our God, having to deal with this word, having to wrestle with these truths, we pray, God, the Lord, you deal with us as you want us, yes, as you dealt with us, with you, Zacchaeus, our God. We pray, God, the Lord, we will love each other with a love that transforms the love that transforms is what changed us. For we are, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old simply melts away and the new comes in. And so, Lord, we pray, God, the Lord, this, this will be the way, oh God, where we will do our relations, oh God. May you be magnified and glorified today, oh God. And as we meditate on this, oh God, bless our hearts, oh God, and prepare us for the series that is coming the tribe. We pray, God, the Lord, you be present, O oh God, to break your mysteries here, the blessings that come with your, from your word. For it is in Jesus' name that we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, family.